Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. Jess is out of town today, but we have a special guest, Father Donald Calloway. <clears throat> he's a good friend of our, of our Virgin Most Powerful Radio, and he's got a new book called A 30-Day Re- Eucharist Revival, a retreat with uh, St. Peter Julian Emmart. Father Peter, <laughs> Father Peter, how about Father Don Calloway? Are you with us on the phone? I'm here. Hey, praise. Yeah, good to be with you. Praise God, Father. And thank you for writing all these books Father, because people need to know their faith, and they need to love their faith and, le- and live their faith, yeah. and your books have been a blessing. And before we get into your new book, and Father, I just got to say up front, man, I'm looking at this on the, on, the inter- on the internet, $9 for a book? Come on, be serious. Father, I'm yeah. shocked. That's not, you can't even go to McDonald's to get a burger, fries, and a Coke anymore. So I want to <laughs> encourage people today to get the book because it's going to give them the supernatural food, the Eucharist, and have a great love for that with a great saint. So I just want to read, if yeah. I can, from John 6, and then give your commentary on that. And then let's get into why you wrote the book and why this is a good book for Catholics, especially at this time of this Eucharistic revival that the bishops are promoting uh, throughout the United States. So I'll read the gospel, and then let's get into it. So a reading from the gospel according to John chapter 6 says, After this, Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a multitude followed him because they saw the signs which he did on those who were uh, deceased. Jesus went up into the hill and there sat down with his disciples. Now, the Passover... The feast of the Jews was at hand. Lifting up his eyes then, seeing the multitude was coming to him, Jesus said to Philip, How are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? This he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there's a lad here who has five barley, barley loaves and two fish. But what are they among so many? Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now there was much grass on it in the place, so that the men sat down in the number of about 5,000. Remember, that's 5,000. I'm not counting women and children. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated so also the fish as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, gather up the fragments left over that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up, filled 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign which he had done, he said, this is indeed the prophet who is to come into this world. Perceiving then that they were about to come and Take him by force to make him a king. Jesus withdrew again to the hills by himself. Now, here's where we come into the bread of life. I'm just going to jump a little bit, Father. It said, on the next day, the people who remained on the other side of the sea saw that they had been uh, only one boat there and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away. However, boats from Tiberius came near the place where they ate the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the people saw Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boat and went to Capernaum, seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, 
when did you come here? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of loaves. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him has God the Father set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe in you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the man in the wilderness, as it was written. He gave them the bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven. My Father gave, gives you the true bread from heaven, for the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. Here it comes, folks. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall not hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and him who comes to me will not cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing at all that he has given to me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son believes in him and should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Here's the kicker of setting it all up. The Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread of light which comes down from heaven. They said, Is not this Jesus the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not be murmuring among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written, the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except him who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that a man may eat of which it may not die. I am the living bread, which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he shall live forever. The bread which I give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then murmured among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is real indeed, and my blood is real indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father. So he who eats will live because of me. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, not such as the fathers ate. He who eats this bread will live forever. This he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Now, many of the disciples, it says in the Bible, they were heard it said, this is a hard saying, who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing it himself, that his disciples murmured, he said to them, do you take offense at this? 
Then what if I were to see the Son of Man ascending where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives life. The flesh is of no avail. The words that I spoken to you are spirit and life, but there are some of you who do not believe, for Jesus knew from the first those those were and did not believe, and who is was that would betray him. And he said, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted to him by the Father. After this, here's a kicker. After this, many of his disciples drew back and no longer walked with him. Jesus said to the twelve, Will you also go away? Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know and that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you, the twelve? And one of you is a devil. He spoke of Judas, the son of Simon, Iscariot, for he was one of the twelve, was to betray him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Father Don, I don't know about you, but when I read John 6, it fires me up every time about the real presence and about Mass. So, I mean, tell me your thoughts and then tell me about this new book called 30 Days, the Eucharistic Revival that you wrote. Yeah. Oh, Gary, that John chapter 6 is Killer, man. It's so deep, it's so profound, it's yeah. so amazing. And for anybody who doesn't, you know, understand the Eucharist or, you know, doesn't believe the Eucharist or is doubting, read yeah. that chapter because he, he, Jesus couldn't be more clear uh, in what he's saying. Right. You know, he's not saying it's a symbol. He's not saying it's, you know, whatever you want it to be. He says, it is my flesh. It is my blood. I am the bread of life. And you know, something amazing, Terry, when I was in seminary, yeah. um, one of my professors, he said, did you know that there's only one place in the New Testament that has 66 verses in the sixth chapter? And <laughs> yeah. I was like, huh, what is, he, what is he alluding to? Well, he's alluding to 666, yes. right, which is the number of the beast. Yeah. So you read it. You weren't reading the verse numbers out loud, but no. when you said, when you just read to us yeah. that part about when many heard this, they found it a hard saying and walked away. Oh, yeah. That's John 666. Incredible. So when you when you leave the Eucharist, yeah. you're leaving life. Amen. You're, you're turning away from life. And, you know, it's, it's, it is significant that Jesus himself called Judas a devil. Oh, my God. Because pretty... we, we hear about 666, and then we hear about the devil— and we know what happened at the Last Supper with, with Judas. He, you know, he partook of our Lord's body and blood unworthily yeah. and then, you know, betrayed him. And it says again in that passage at the Last Supper, it says, and the devil entered him. Right? Wow. So, wow. Lots wow. Of stuff we got some, uh, we're going to come right back with Father Don Calloway about a book he wrote, 30 Day Eucharist Revive. Wow. A retreat with who? St. Peter Julian Emmer. He is the saint of the Holy Eucharist. Man, you couldn't pick a better guy. When we come back, we'll take more with Father Don Calloway on the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist and much more. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back after a quick break. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Father Don Calloway sitting in for Jesse today. we got a whole hour to talk about what I consider the most important topic on our faith, the Holy Eucharist. I mean, Vatican II talks about the Eucharist being the source and summit of the Christian life. 
Father, we got a little interruption by the break. You were just kind of covering something about John 666 that, believe it or not, I not I have not heard anybody talk like that before. I found that fascinating. Continue, please. Yeah, well, that was it's such a fascinating thing because yeah. Jesus is talking about his body and blood and mm-hmm. how we have to eat it to have life, yeah. which means if you don't eat it, you don't have life, right? Exactly. That's the inference. Of course. And if you eat it abusively, if you eat it in a state that you shouldn't, it means you're a devil. I mean, that's what he's getting to. Incredible. And he actually calls Judas a devil, and he calls him that at the Last Supper when he receives the Blessed Sacrament, you know, irreverently. And he, he's, he's going to betray our Lord. I mean, he's, he's in a bad way. So, I mean, this is amazing stuff, and people need to hear this. I know it's shocking, but, you know, what else is shocking is that four years ago, a survey was taken, a, a poll research that showed that 69% of Catholics don't believe in the real presence. So... Now, if there ever was a time, is a time for a Eucharistic revival and an awareness of of the reality of the Blessed Sacrament, because it is the source and summit of our faith. The source and summit of our faith is not ecology or immigration or, you know, any of that stuff. It's Jesus Christ, and especially his real presence. And so that's why, Terry, I wrote a book called—it's brand new. It it just came out today, the day. It was just released today. Wonderful. It's called 30-Day Eucharistic Revival, A Retreat with St. Peter Julian Imard. Yes. Um, so a lot of people are like, St. Who? Who's this guy? Oh, he's this, Listen to this, Terry. Yeah, tell us. He's amazing. So yeah. he is called the Apostle of the Eucharist yeah. by several popes. Sure. He lived in the 19th century in France, and believe it or not, there was actually a, a, a Eucharistic crisis at that time. A lot of people weren't believing, and they weren't mm. you know, practicing the faith, and so he said, we got to do something about this. So he got permission yeah. to. Oh, we think we lost Father. He's talking about St. Peter Julian Emard, the great Eucharistic saint of our church. And he's right. This man was number one grand. I hope Father Don can call back and we'll continue this conversation. I want to just encourage people to go to fatherdoncalloway.com to get his book. Uh, you can just go fathercalloway.com. So www.fathercalloway.com. Pick up his book. It's only $9 for today because it's, it's a new book on the Holy Eucharist. And, and again, you know, Father mentioned a four-year report. Four, he'll be back. Four-year report on the Holy Eucharist. Uh, 69% of the Catholics don't believe in the real presence. I, I go back myself for decades asking people what they believe about the Eucharist when I would travel and it was up to 90% of people had no clue about their, their Eucharist. So it's, a, it's important, and I'm glad that the bishops are going to do this Eucharistic revive because this book, I'm going to make a suggestion. If I was in management, I'd say every bishop buy boatloads of this book by Father Don Calloway, The 30-Day Eucharistic Revival, a retreat with St. Peter Julian Emmert. It doesn't get any better. Father Don, uh, has anybody approached the bishops' conference for the, with this book now that it's out? No, not to my knowledge. Well, I'm, I'm going to make mean, some. I'm going to make some uh, waves on that I, because I think Father, uh, we the bishops are realizing that the flock hasn't been fed regarding the real presence, and that's why they're doing this. They've read the same reports you've read, so I appreciate yep. them realizing it. And I will say this, Father, before I get you back to Saint Peter Julian Emmert, I will tell us a little bit about him. Pope Paul VI in 1965. You know he did a Mysterium Fide document, right? at the close of Vatican II, 
because he was concerned mm-hmm. that there were theologians talking about transfinalization, transsignification, and he wanted it right. real clear that, hey, dude, this is tra- the Catholic Church is at tran- transubstantiation, and he really did his best uh, to keep that uh, ter- terminology of, mm-hmm. of a transubstantiation because that's what it really tells us what happens. So let's talk right. about St. Peter Julian Emmert. Who is this man? Because, uh, yeah, I want, I want everybody to know about him. Yeah, so he, yeah. Um, you know, to, to, to look at paintings of him, you'd think he's just a humble-looking guy. Yeah. Um, but this guy was a powerhouse. So in the 19th century in France, yeah. um, he was a priest, and, you know, he loved the Blessed Sacrament, and he, he went around preaching about how we needed to make reparation to the Blessed Sacrament. And then he realized, he said, you know what, I need to keep doing that, but the people don't love the Blessed Sacrament. I need to teach them to love yeah. the Holy Eucharist. And so he went, oh, man, he started writing books, giving sermons, giving <laughs> homilies, founded three religious communities dedicated to the Blessed Sacrament. And um, just, I mean, he hammered the issues. He talked about how we need to learn to be silent in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament. Mm. He talked about how we need to dress modestly in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament. Mm. He talked about receiving the, the Holy Sacrament reverently. Um, trust me, as a priest, I can tell you, often today, when you know I'm celebrating Mass, sure. people come up to receive Holy Communion, and it's like, I just want to do one gigantic, like, time out, time <laughs> out here. Let's just, everybody, back to your pews. Let's learn how to do this. It's It's... Terry, it's, it breaks my heart. It does. I, I mean, I imagine. And so these are key things. And so I, you know, use his writings. So every day there's, there's quotes from his incredible writings, and then I give meditations on it, and I hammer the issues, Terry. I Good. talk about this. I say, why are not people receiving on the tongue? And if you're, if you're not doing that, why? You know, and I, and I, and I say, you know, that there is a very high likelihood that if you receive Holy Communion in the hand, that particles, our Divine Lord, is going to be on the floor and be stepped on. So think these things through. Why is it? And I challenge my brother priest. I say in the book, if you're a a pastor, is your tabernacle in the middle? Is it in the sanctuary? Or is it behind a wall? I love it. And I, I I challenge bishops in the book. I say, brothers, look, you have the authority just write a letter, a decree in your diocese to put all the tabernacles back in the sanctuary. Right. That's called Eucharistic Revival 101. Yeah, I amen, mean, brother. it doesn't get more basic than that. Um, and then just so many other issues about, you know, teaching people like St. Peter Julian Mar did about modesty, about being quiet and coming in and mm-hmm. praying beforehand and giving thanks afterwards. So many people bolt out of the parking lot, lot like the church is on fire, you know, and I'm like, where are you going? I mean, you <laughs> You've got Jesus inside. You stay and give thanks, you know. Yeah. Um, so all that stuff is in the book, Terry. And, awesome. Um, Father, can, thing, brother. You, Father, I just got to jump in and say, I want people to get your book, fathercalloway.com. Yeah. Just write out the word Father and pick it up. It's only nine ninety five for a book. This is something that everyone should get for their own family, especially dads. Get it and read it out loud even to the kids. Yeah. Father, I, I got to tell you, this is timely because... I've been I've witnessed such uh, sacrileges that go on where people are ignorant, and they, what I mean is it's not like they do it on purpose. Like an extraordinary mm-hmm. minister of the Eucharist realizing there's very few hosts right. in the in the tabernacle during Mass, she goes back and and gets unconsecrated hosts, puts them in a ciborium, brings them out to give out Holy oh. Communion. I witnessed that. Oh boy! 
See, this is why we have ignorance is because we haven't been taught. And I don't, I'm, I'm blaming myself. I, I love preaching on the, on the Eucharist on the radio. So that, you know, when you told me you had this book, I said, let's do it. But Father, tell us more in, that in the book, what, what, these meditations, what will they be geared to do? Is it going to get us to have like a personal relationship with our Eucharistic King? Absolutely. That, cause that's, the, that's what it's all about. Amen. Relationship, you know, and it's falling in love with Jesus Amen. and, and his, his love for us, Terry, is so intense that it becomes our food. Yeah. You can't get more. Is that awesome? <laughs> Say that one more time, Father, for our listeners. That was awesome. Say it again. Yeah. He loves us so much. You can't. He loves us so much that he's become our food. <laughs> I, you know, it's awesome. God has become consumable. Yeah. He wants to be consumed, and that's that's extraordinary. Yeah, I you mean, think that's, that's off the charts. That's yeah. divine love, and and so what that means is. You know, we have to understand that, and we have to respond appropriately. Yeah. And so in the book, you know, I talk about themes. So I go through all Tell the us. different writings of St. Peter, Julian, and Mard, and yeah. I, I talk about the Eucharist in relationship to um, the devil, right? How the devil hates Ooh, the Eucharist. He doesn't want people. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't want people to be in love with the Eucharist. He doesn't want people to spend time before the Blessed Sacrament. Yeah. He doesn't want people to be properly confessed so that they can receive the Eucharist worthily. The devil wants people to be in mortal sin. And here's the thing, Tell me. you know, because some people would say, oh, but, um, you know, the devil doesn't want people to receive the Eucharist. And I'm like, well, yes and no. He doesn't, but he would very much, quote, delight in people receiving our Lord in mortal sin because exactly. the devil wants to commit sacrilege against Jesus. Amen. So, Let's let's not be on the devil's side here. Let's get confessed up. Let's make, be in a state of grace. Let's receive worthily, and then we're we're doing it right. And so, other themes are like the Blessed Sacrament and Our Lady, the Blessed Sacrament and Saint Joseph. Father, can we Blessed back Sacrament. up for a minute? Because we're going to have a lot of time. We yeah. still got two more segments. I want to take that one on the devil, because I'm gonna, yeah. I, the only reason I bring this up is let's Father Bill Casey in our family conferences years ago used to say, hey, you know, I see long lines for communion, but I don't see anybody in the confessional. Mm. And so he yep. wanted to make it clear that we need to examine our conscience and uh, get yep. to the sacraments on a regular basis. So I, I just want to ask you, uh, in your book, uh, is there, uh, in other words, I know that the devil would like to make us do sacrilege communions, you know, when, mm. and, and also mm. even stealing the host because of communion in the hand. Mm -hmm. I get, I've seen that. I've actually witnessed all this because I'm an old guy and it's sad. Yep. And it seems like if we do a couple good things that you just talked about, I think actions mm -hmm. speak louder than words. Am I onto something? Yep. Yep. You certainly are. And that's, that's what the saints teach us. Yep. That's what this particular saint teaches us. And, you know, it, it's kind of, um, I think very interesting that, you know, in, the the Eucharistic mystery, uh, miracles that have happened throughout history, oh, yeah. a lot of them took place when you know a witch or somebody who wanted had bad intentions stole a host, and then to to show people that this really is Jesus, you know there was blood that appeared or or flesh. Yes, and so yeah, I mean the devil is is out to mock the Blessed Sacrament, wow. and you know we 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 can counteract that with our love when we have adoration. Amen. When we say mass reverently, when people receive reverently. And I say the same thing, Terry. I say in the book, I say, bring back the altar rails. Yeah. There was nothing wrong with them. It was, <laughs> it was reverent. It was exactly. efficient. And it was, it was wonderful. I mean, we've got absolute chaos now where, again, as a priest, 
you know, people come up and I can tell they don't know what they're doing. And yeah. I've, I've seen the same thing as you said. I, I've, I've said the body of Christ and somebody just, you know, walks away with it. And I have to stop the communion line because I watch every oh, good. person. Thank you. No way. And I call them back and I'm, I'm like, you have to consume the host. If you're not consuming the host, you have to give me back the host. And some people have looked at me like I'm a Martian. I'm like, <laughs> what do you think you're doing? This is a Walmart. You know, you know exactly. and so, you know, I, it's unbelievable. So we need catechesis one-on-one yes. Yes. on the Blessed Sacrament. And that's and, what the book does. I mean, it really goes to the basics, but then it goes deep. Yeah. And with his writings, St. Peter Delaney Mar's writings, people are going to fall in love with the Blessed oh, Sacrament. Oh, I can't wait to get it in my hands. Father, when we come back from the break, there's something I want to ask, if you'll be mind to just tell a little bit about your first Mass that you experienced, even as a non-Catholic. You got a great special grace that I know people oh, yeah. have seen your, heard your, your conversion story, but I think it's powerful because I think it sets you straight on the real presence in an early part of your life, coming, thinking about becoming Catholic. So we'll have Father Don Calloway tell us a little bit about his first experience at Holy Mass and much more about his book, 30 Days to Eucharist Revival. Stay with us. Harry Barber with Father Don Calloway. We're talking about his great book, 30-Day Eucharistic Revival, a retreat with the great St. Peter Julian Emmard. It's a fantastic book. It's only $9.95, man. It's less than a Big Mac fries and a Coke at McDonald's. I mean, and this is super, super substantial food that you're going to receive on the teachings on the Holy Eucharist. Father Don, I know many people, man, we go way back when you did a year, No Turning Back, testimony yeah. here at the Sacred Heart Chapel like 20-some, I don't know how many years ago it was, but it's a long time. Yep. And I remember you talking about your experience with your first Mass that you went to, and I just want you to share a little bit of that because um, it's something that you had, you know, a special grace that not everybody would have, but again, it's it gave you insight that for the rest of your life, you never left the idea that it's the real, it's Jesus. So could you share that with us, please? Yeah, Terry. So that was that was thirty years ago now, and um, <laughs> oh gosh, I you know I I was a mess. I mean, I years. you know I had been in two two rehabs. I'd been in jail. I'd been kicked out of a foreign country, and so this one day, I, you know, I I went to a Catholic church for the first time in my life. I go in, and you know, there was a bunch of Filipino ladies praying, and I didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> and I, yeah. Um, but then the priest comes in, yeah. and I'm in the back. Trust me, I'm a long hair. I had long hair down on my waist, and I'm oh, yeah. sitting in the back, and I'm, I'm, you know, can't even believe I'm in a church. And all of a sudden, <laughs> this guy, this priest, he picks up some little white circle-looking thing, and he says to all of us there, he says, "Take this, all of you, and eat it. This is my body." Mm-hmm. And he held it up. And like he wanted us to see it. Yeah. And at first, Terry, I have to say, I thought the guy was a lunatic because I'm like, <laughs> What's that this about, guy dude? just told us that's his body and we got to eat it. And he's like showing it to us. You know, I'm like, well, this guy's a madman. And then all of a sudden, you know, and I'm not a mystic, I'm not a prophet, huh. but man, I heard a voice. Sure. Terry, I heard a voice. And it wasn't, it wasn't spoken to my ear. It was spoken to like my being. And that voice said to me, as, as that priest was standing there, the voice said, worship. And I knew in an instant, that what that man had in his hands was God Almighty. I knew it. I didn't know terminology, right? I didn't know Blessed Sacrament or Holy Communion. I didn't know the lingo yet, but I knew that that was Jesus Christ. Then he put down 
God. And he picked up, you know, the chalice and he said, take this, all of you, and drink from it. This is my blood. And he held it up. And I'm staring at this. And all of a sudden, I heard the same voice. The voice said, worship. And in an instant, I knew what that priest had in his hands was God. I knew it. And then he put down God. And then the Filipino women came up. They met him halfway. And Terry, one by one, I saw that priest say to each one of those women, the body of Christ. Incredible. And he put, I saw that priest put God on their tongue. I saw it with my own eyes. And Terry, that was the catalyst that got the ball rolling for me to become Catholic. Because I I said, if this is true, then everything has to be true in the Catholic Church, because this is as real as it gets. I've been looking my whole life. Yeah for something that would give me everlasting life and happiness and joy. And as I say, I was looking in all the wrong places, right? But now, here it is right in front of me, sign me up. I went to that priest after Mass, I told him, sign me up for this. (laughs) And I started taking classes, and within nine months, I was a Catholic. You know, Father, uh, you had that as a non-Catholic, and it it shows us cradle Catholics, this beautiful teaching of we have of the Holy Eucharist. When I was 14, Bishop Sheen I listened to his talk on the on the Eucharist and the real presence, mm-hmm. and it fired me up for going to daily mass, holy hour. Uh, you know, the, I mean, I'm telling you, yep. this is what I'm yep. trying to convey to uh, Catholics that we got to get back to understanding that this is this is the real presence of Jesus Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity under the appearance of bread and wine. And I say this because, Father, I'm going to give another. I mean, I hear music in Catholic churches where they say Jesus is in the bread and the wine. No, he's not. You know, we, right. we have false teaching going out there, and I'm going, please, get those songs out of the Catholic church. As a layman, I'm going, I'm not in management, I'm in sales, but, dude, this is not explaining right. what we believe. So your book, and you're going with a great saint, St. Saint Peter Julian Emmer. Now, you talked about Satan, you know, that thing about, the, about receiving Holy Communion. Then you have something on yeah. Our Lady. Can we talk a little bit about that? Oh, absolutely. Let's do this it. Is so um, amazing because, you know, we, where do we get the body and blood of Jesus? Yeah, we this get is it great. from Mary. Exactly. Right? Amen. She is the, yeah, she is the one who made the heavenly bread. Right. So she cooperated with God and through her holy womb, God used her womb yeah. like an oven, yeah. right? And in that holy oven of Mother Mary's womb was baked the bread of life. And you know, every mother, if she could give her children a food that if they ate it and it would give them everlasting life, mm-hmm. she'd give it to them, mm-hmm. right? But mm-hmm. spinach doesn't do it. You know, that's not going right. to give us everlasting life. And, right. you know, carrots, that's nice. But, you know, <laughs> but Mary is a unique mother yeah. who can make a, a unique bread, the true bread come down from heaven through yeah. Mary's body, body, blood given to him by her. And, you know, she wants us to receive him. She wants us to be united with him in Holy Communion. Yeah. Uh, because we are her her spiritual sons and daughters, and so what would she want? Yeah. She would want us to receive him worthily. She would want us to go into his presence dressed worthily. Every mother wants their children to have their Sunday best on and mm-hmm. and look nice for Jesus, right? Sure. Amen. She would want us to 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 you know, as you said just a second ago, to sing songs that were appropriate and theologically yeah. correct, and yeah. not anything that's wrong, you know. Right. I get it. Um, and so. Here's another thing, too. I Tell love me. to tell people this, Terry. I love this. So, Good. Because people challenge me sometimes. They're like, Father, why why do you hammer that tabernacle has to be in the 
sanctuary in the center. Why can't you just let that go? And I'm like, no, I can't. Why? Because Mary was the first, you know, uh, monster. It's the first tabernacle of Amen. And where Thank was you. Jesus in her body? Front and center, baby. Yeah. He wasn't off to the side or around the back. When when Jesus lived inside her body as the first walking tabernacle, front and center. You know, yep. and she is the model for ca- the Catholic churches. She is the prototype, the blueprint of what a parish should be like. Jesus should be front and center, Amen. not off to the side, not down the hallway. And so no wonder we have a crisis in Eucharistic belief because people don't know where he is. They, people, I see people coming to church, Terry, they don't even have a genuflect. <laughs> Guys come in and they're giving some little curtsy looking thing. And I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. I'm like, Knee to the floor, soldier. You're in front of your exactly. king. You know what I mean? Father, let, let me just jump in and say, 1976, Bishop Fulton Sheen at the Eucharistic Congress, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, said exactly what you just said about putting our Eucharistic king back in the center of the church. And he said something else. Now, maybe you can't say it. Fulton Sheen said it. I, I have the audio recording of it. He said, stop yeah. putting that chair in the center of the church. What do you think you are, some tin yeah. god? Remove it. Oh, Oh, I say it, brother. Oh, you do I, say that, too. I, I said it just the other day at a conference pretty strong, <laughs> and it's in the book, too. Like, Good. it ain't about me. It yeah. ain't about Bishop right. so-and-so. We should move our chair. It's about the king. Amen, right? Father. We're his servants. Yeah. It ain't about You fired us. me up, man. I'm, I'm glad to move my chair aside. Exactly. Oh, Step right. aside, dude, for the king of kings. Right. Wow. Right. Father, tell us more about the book, because, I mean, this thing, what you just got, you got me fired up. The book sounds like it's really focused on helping people get a real good grasp of why we spent, why the benefits of spending time before our Eucharistic King. And also, Father, does it cover a little bit on just what the Mass is? Because I don't think Catholics really have a grasp of when we're there, we're present at that one eternal sacrifice. I mean, it's it's heaven and earth. I mean, there's just so much there that uh, if we understood the Mass, I think the Church would, we, we would be... We'd be having a hard time uh, filling, I mean, giving people seats because so many seats would be filled up. I mean, I, I say this because yeah. most Catholics don't understand what the Mass or the Eucharist is. So, I mean, let's get the revival going, man. Yeah, no, uh, 100%. And you know what I do in the book, too, is Tell I me. sprinkle other quotes from saints in there as Good. well, just Good. as like supplemental stuff. Yeah. And some great stuff, man. Like, there's this one tell me, tell me. Um, nun who yeah. was from Canada, Blessed Dina Belanger. She's not that well-known, but she's beatified. Good. She, oh, man, in one of her writings, <laughs> yeah. she said, if people only knew what the Mass was and how Jesus is present in the Eucharist, she said, we would have to have basically guards outside. Well, because people would be busting down the windows yep, I agree. if they understood this. Yeah. And she's totally right. She's spot on, think man. Think about, man, that's great. Just, just the other day, Black Friday, right? People yeah. are, are busting down <laughs> in stores to yeah. purchase some, you know, item. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine if we had such a powerful Eucharistic belief, we'd be yeah. busting into church to get to Jesus. Amen, right? Father. It's amazing. So, so how do we get our faithful fired up about it? And, and you know, I know your book is going to help uh, young people, old people re- get a reunited with the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. And have a revival because, you know, as I said earlier in the show, the Bishop's Conference decided to spend millions and millions of dollars, I think it's Indianapolis, Indiana, where they're going to have this conference. I'm hoping that your book will be there as a booth. At least somebody will have that there because the bishops want to see it. They realize that something's not right. The the folks aren't coming to church, man. Right. No, totally, man. I 
I mean, I, I applaud their efforts in doing it. I, I, it's very much needed, of course. Yeah. I think with it, you know, I really think that in order to, to, to hit the ball out of the park with yeah. this is we also need to emphasize the importance of the sacrament of confession, of Amen. reconciliation, right? Because like, like you had said earlier with, yeah. I think, Father Bill Casey, you yeah. know, he was right to say, you know, the communion lines are long, but nobody's in the confession line. Yeah. And so is everybody immaculate all of a sudden? Is everybody <laughs> I don't think so. No, of course not. And so if, if we emphasize more, you know, the, the reality that mortal sin puts us in a separation from God, and if yeah. you receive holy communion in mortal sin, oh. it's not doing you any good. It's actually doing you damage. You're, 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 you're hurting yourself right. um, by doing that. And so I think if we get back to emphasizing confession as well, if we get back to, you know, just the basics, man, yeah. just the basics Amen, of, of, of our faith, yep. then we're going to get powerhouses of, of, of parishes cranking out holy vocations, cranking out holy marriages, oh, yeah. getting things right, and that will overflow into society. That will overflow into our laws, because people will realize, if we don't get Jesus right, we're not going to get things right in the world, you know, we got to put God in his place and then everything falls into, into its proper order. Exactly. When we come back for our last segment, we're going to talk more about this 30-day Eucharistic revival, a retreat with St. Peter Julian Emmert, Father Don Calloway's book. Go to his website, fathercalloway.com. Pick it up, man. Don't hesitate. <laughs> okay? We'll come back and we'll talk more about this and much more. Stay with us, family. You're listening to The Terry and Jesse Show. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. Indeed, Jesse's gone. Father Don Calloway sitting in for the entire hour. I'm going to say it. I'm too blessed to be stressed, man. I'm too anointed to be disappointed. <laughs> and if hope was money, I'd be a billionaire because my hope is in Jesus Christ, especially in the Holy Eucharist. Father Don, before I go on, I want people to know you can go to www.fathercalloway.com to pick up his book, 30-Day Eucharistic Revival, A Retreat with St. Peter Julian Elmark. I'm going to make a suggestion at 995. Christmas is coming quickly. I think if we order him uh, this week... You should be able to get them in plenty of time for Christmas. Is that a fair oh, statement? Yeah. Okay, so get the dog oh, up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, get it done and get several copies for. You might have a, a, a sister or brother away from the church. This could be a good book that could bring them back. Father, what are, what other saints were quoted? Because what that mother, that one nun up in Canada, she she said it well. Man, our churches would be full if people understood. Any other powerful quotes you have in there from the saints? Yeah. So, I mean, you'll love, you know, I have probably about five or six quotes from Venerable Fulton Sheen. <laughs> Full Sheen ahead, baby. Yeah. Good. You know it. You know it. Um, and then, you know, some great ones that um, were really big promoters of the Eucharist, St. John Eude. Oh, yes. Um, another saint from France who's just off yeah. the charts. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then classic ones from, you know, St. Thomas Aquinas, yeah. great theologians. Good. Um yeah, and then a few even from my, my the founder of my community, St. Yeah. Stanislaus Papczynski from Poland. Good. good. Um, so, yeah, get a, get a bunch. And check this out. This is amazing. I, so I want to hear it. Earlier this year, yeah. I was in Italy on pilgrimage, and I went to Assisi, oh, yeah. and I was blessed. I was able to go and meet the mother of Blessed Carlo Acutis. you got to be right? kidding me. You're fr- oh, man, yeah, that's dude, amazing. Dude, I went, to the ho- I went to their family house. What? Where I, he lived. Tell us about yeah. that. 
I know. So oh. I'm in the I'm in their yard yeah. talking where, where he used to play and you know <laughs> play with the dogs and everything. Yeah. So I talked to his mother for an hour at their house. Yeah. And I said to her, I said, Listen, I went bold, I went big, brother. I said, Hey, I've got this book coming out. I think your son would really love it. Oh, and yeah. I'm praying to him of that course. he'll he'll, you know, from heaven intercede for mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I said, Would you mind if I sent you the manuscript? Because she speaks English and I said um, would you be willing to maybe offer a few sentences for the back cover? Oh, yeah. And she said, oh, send it to me. So I emailed it to her. Yeah. Within a week, she sent me a en- huge endorsement for the oh, back cover. God. So I'm like, it's awesome. That is yeah. fantastic. What a great story. Father, who else endorses that book? Did you get any other of our friends or, you know, I mean, just give us some other names that are saying that I, this is a good book. Yeah. Yeah. Who so else? I've got two bishops. Oh, um, right. You know, I, I could have got a lot more, but, you know, a back cover only has... Yeah, it's only so know, much space, man. So much space for you to get it on there. <laughs> but I, I think I think that you'll you'll recognize some of these names, because, you know, I'm, yeah. I was like, who do I who do I invite? Who do I ask? So I got Bishop uh, uh, Joseph Nauman from... Uh, oh, yeah, Kansas he's good. City. Oh, he's great. He's great. Yes. And then I got, I got Bishop um, James Conley from Lincoln. I know him right? personally uh, from Wichita originally. Yep. yep. Good man. Good man. Excellent. And, you know, I didn't know this. So when he wrote me back in the email, he said, Father, he said, um, when I, um, co- you know, was going through my own conversion, because, you know, he has a big conversion story. He does. So, college, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He said that St. Peter Julian Amard was a big part of it. I didn't know that. I mean, I know. That's incredible. So that's actually part of his endorsement. He talks about, he, he awesome. mentioned that in his endorsement. Awesome. Yeah. Wow, Father. Well, this is great and that uh, you've got the book now. In the few minutes that we have left, uh, if if you have any other zingers in the book that you'd like to even share, uh, what, what like for example, what's your Fulton Sheen? Do you have that handy? What what did Fulton Sheen have to say that's in your book? I know you got four or five quotes, but can you give one of them that he said? Because I, I I can think of a couple off yeah, the top of my me, head. Yeah, you know what? I don't have the book in front of me oh, at the okay. moment. Don't worry about it. I hit you on a. You know me. I. I, I, I hit you running all the time, dude. <laughs> now, folks, I just want you to know, Father Don Calloway, I have been a supporter of him since I met him when he was just a, a newly ordained priest, and I've seen what this man has done. I'm, you know, you can get his book, yes, The 30-Day Eucharistic Revival, but I would recommend any book that he's written, whether it's on St. Joseph, uh, you name it, any of these books that he's written are well-researched and they really are well-written. Uh, Father, if they go to your website, Father Callaway, com, can they buy other books? Is is that available on your website? Oh yeah, all Good. of them are there. Okay. Yeah, the, the books, the pilgrimages that I lead, Good. all that. Yeah, FatherCalloway dot com. And by the way, Terry, I Tell ran me. over to my laptop because I'm like, I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna find them. So I, I just put, <laughs> I brought up the, the PDF file. Yeah. Like, here's one from Fulton Sheen. Okay. I love it. I love it. This Thank is, you. And I'm telling him, I got, I got six quotes in the book from him, but yeah. listen to this one. Okay, okay. He says, the mark of the Christian is the willingness to look for the divine in the flesh of a babe in a crib, the continuing Christ under the appearance of bread on an altar. Wow. Right? Because that, that little baby didn't look like God. No. He was. And that little piece of bread doesn't look like much, but it's God. Father, right? thank and you. And that's the mark of a true Christian. That fired me up. That's incredible. Yeah. Absolutely. Any other quotes that you have your that you want to uh, give to our listeners before we let you run? This is uh, we got just a few minutes here. Oh, one more thing about about pilgrimages. Yeah. Uh, can you just tell us where you're going, and maybe that'll incite people to go yeah. to your website? What's the latest? 
Yeah, so I, you know, I go to Mexico every year in good. January, so okay. I've, I've got that every January. You'll good. find those on the website. I've even oh, got good. the one for 2025 up there already. <laughs> um, and then I'm going to Poland. Good. I love Poland. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, I tell you, I wish I could live in Poland. That country is so amazing. <laughs> um, and then um, I've got the Holy Land. Now, we, of course, there's a lot going on there right oh, yeah, now. Yeah. But I'm not going until December of next year. Hopefully it'll so be. So mine's a year away. So yeah. hopefully all that stuff is re- resolved, you know, yeah. we can get back over there. But, yeah, love to have people to go on this pilgrimage. We have a great time. Father, how big of a book is this? How many pages? Yeah, it's only it's like 170 pages. That's so oh, that's awesome. That's a short read. I mean, that's that's yeah, that's doable. That's not like 455 exactly. pages. Yeah, I like. No, that. no, no, not at all. It's 30 days, and every day it's yeah. going to take you like 10, 15 minutes max, max mm-hmm. to do it. And by the end of that 30 days, you're going to be madly in love with Jesus Christ and the Blessed awesome. Sacrament. I guarantee it. Because awesome. because it. it it ain't what I think, Father Calloway. I'm just telling you what the church teaches and what the saints have said and what they died for. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. it's all in there. So you, you have some stories, uh, even from the early part of the church, of, of saints that, were, that actually were martyred because they were protecting the Holy Eucharist. Is there any yep. story like that? Okay, I thought there were. I haven't read the book, obviously, but I assume you got one. Can you tell us one? <laughs> Oh, there's some incredible ones. Yeah. Um, what's his? Oh, what's his name? The the young boy. I you know what? Oh, he's the guy from the first century. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. It's you incredible. know what? I'm, oh yeah. Well, whatever his name is. The bottom line is he 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 was uh, martyred because he wouldn't give up the blessed sacrament. Right. Right. So I mean, that's right. That That's tells us exactly something, right? Yeah, and then Father, just to, time. just to get the point again, all the folks who are listening, they all want to get more reverence for the Eucharist, and and it, to me, uh, even even our leaders in our church recognize that we've been uh, going downhill regarding Eucharistic yeah. piety. When I was a kid, we used to have forty hours mm-hmm. devotion. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, then it just started to they they had this bad idea that somehow mm-hmm. uh, they that what I call the the spirit of Vatican II, which has nothing to do with Vatican mm. II, but they use this quote to say, oh, Vatican II doesn't want us to uh, to do Eucharistic adoration. Well, that took about 20 years, mm. and then in the 1980s, I'll never forget Father uh, Martin Lucia having 1,200 parishes with Eucharistic adoration, and it just took mm-hmm. off. And then St. John yep. Paul II, did you quote him where he yep. said, let our adoration never cease in your book? Yep, uh, I, I have that. I have that quote in there, yep. That's, he, I mean, he did everything he could, right, during his yeah, pontificate to, to, to correct a lot of those misinterpretations of things and, and get us right. Because, you know, if we were truly doing, actually, the Mass, according yeah. to the documents of Vatican II, <laughs> I mean, baby. we'd have Gregorian, we'd have Ad Orienta, we'd have, we'd have the uh, Gregorian chant, right. we'd have silence, we'd have reverence, we'd have all that stuff. Yeah. But, you know, people just went off and did their own thing, and now we're stuck with the cleanup job. You yeah, know? yeah. well, that's so. it. It's going to get back. Father, I go to the Anglican Ordinariate Mass here at our chapel, yeah. and so we do ad orientum, communion only on the tongue. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, we have the, we have the kneelers. We, we actually put—we spent $15,000 of our donor money to build communion mm-hmm. rails. And I'll tell you what, it Good. was the best money we ever spent because now people all receive on their knees— and we have a whole lot of piety here at the Sacred Heart Chapel mm-hmm. because we've done some of the mm-hmm. things you just mentioned that are in your book, man. Yep. So, praise, praise God. Praise God. Is praise right. God. And it, yeah, go ahead. And that's what the documents want. That's yes. What they call for. Yes, they that do. kind of reverence. It's not some crazy man out there saying these things. Read the documents. It's yeah. in the documents, you know. 
Yeah, and I will recommend Adoramus.com. I'm a board member with Father Fessio. Um, Cardinal Ratzinger uh, encouraged us back in the 19, early 90s to start this organization that uh, talked about liturgy, but what Vatican II really said. So that would be a good source mm-hmm. for people to, to get connected. And again, reading it, I, I just want to say this. St. John Paul II, you talked about him. He's got so many documents on the Holy Eucharist that are just like out, mm-hmm. outstanding documents. Uh, they're yep. there, and I think if you just go online, you can read some of those documents that also will help you have a greater love for the Blessed Sacrament and for the Mass. Father, any final thoughts mm-hmm. before we let you go? Yeah, I would just encourage people, you know, in this time that we live in, right? It's, yeah. it's the best of times, it's the worst of times, yeah. and yet, right now, don't miss the grace of this Eucharistic revival, you know, don't miss the grace of wh- wherever you are, whatever you're doing in life, you know, maybe just stop occasionally by your church on a Tuesday and say hi to Jesus. Yeah. Just go visit the Blessed Sacrament. Just spend a few minutes with him. I mean, he's there for us night and day, yeah. a prisoner in the tabernacle. Mm. And, you know, don't let that grace go by because life is short. Yeah. You only got one of them. So, you know, do what you can to fall more in love with him. Go to frequent confession. Ask Our Lady to help you fall more in love with him. Ask St. Joseph to help you. And they will, because now is, is a blessed time uh, that we need to take advantage of. And I, and I pray that, that, that people do, and they don't miss the grace of this opportunity right now. And Father, I want to add something from Our Lady of Fatima. I don't know if you have anything in there about the prayers. Do you have anything in your book about Our I, Lady? I do. Ah, I do. My, yeah. How do I know you? Go ahead, tell us. Especially the angel prayers. Exactly. That's where I was yeah. going, man. Hit me. Yeah. Hit me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So funny. Good stuff. And the reason I bring this up, Our Lady said souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. And I'm telling you, uh, every action is like a blank check. If Christ's name is on it, it has infinite value. Folks, Father Don Calloway's book, 30 Days Eucharistic Revival, a retreat with St. Peter Julian Emard. You can get it from going to fatherdoncalloway.com to pick up the book. Father, how about a blessing before we let you run for us, please? Heavenly Father, bless everyone through the intercession of Our Lady. And we ask this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for taking the whole hour to talk about the source and summit of the Christian life, the Eucharist. And don't forget, I asked Jesse this question. Jesse, what state should you be living in? And Jess Romero would come back and say, the state of grace, Terry. And that's right. So that's what we want to do here at Virgin Most Powerful, to help you fall deeper in love with Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. Thanks for joining us here on the Terry and Jesse Show to talk about the source and summit of the Christian life, the Holy Eucharist, with Father Don Calloway. Get his book, 30 Days Eucharistic Revival, a retreat with St. Peter Julian Emmard. You can go to fatherdonaldcalloway.com. Thanks again. God bless you.